Amen, right? Wow, that was awesome. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Ken, you got me on, huh? <laughs> I said, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Yes. yes. Are your hearts filled with joy this morning? You woke up and saw that beautiful sunshine? Are you excited to hear from God today? I want to start off this morning with some audience participation. Seems like we're still a little sleepy. So, this side of the room, okay, you guys over here, I want you to say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, so let's practice that. Okay, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, good job, good job. All right, on this side of the room, I want you to, res- to respond with amen, and really give it your best amen, okay? All right? Okay, ready? Here we go. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. All right, that was good, that was good. Okay, now we're going to switch. So this side, it's your turn for this is the day. And you guys respond with amen, okay? Here we go. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Yes. Get excited. Yeah. All right. Now that we're all pumped up and ready to go, I want to pray for us. Father God, thank you so much for this beautiful day. Thank you for all the wonderful things you've done for us and all the wonderful things that you're planning to do for us today. Father, as we look forward to the delicious hamburgers and chicken strips that we're going to enjoy later on this morning, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the joy of sitting around the table with the family. And we can just praise you, Lord. Thank you for the beautiful morning that I got to experience, Lord. Thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. Filling us with joy. Father God, your word says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And Lord, as we look at joy this morning, I pray that you would fill us. Fill us to overflowing with your joy. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our family was out in California recently, and we went, to, went with my parents to church, and the pastor smoked, pastor smoked, no, <laughs> the pastor spoke uh, on Romans chapter 14, verse 17, and it says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And he had a good sermon, but I must confess that I don't remember much of it, except for the part about joy. Now, does that ever happen to you? You go to church, and you hear a good sermon, or a great sermon, and later on someone asks you about it, and you say, oh, I I, I don't remember. It had something to do with, with God, I think. That doesn't happen, right? It only happens to me. Well, when I heard that part about joy, my, my mind locked on to it. And I started thinking about the joy of the Lord. And so, for the rest of the sermon, I was thinking about joy of the Lord. And that's what I want to talk about today, the joy of the Lord. And it fits nicely with what Pastor Matt has been talking about the last couple weeks, about being a follower of Jesus. And I think a follower of Jesus understands the joy of the Lord. 
Where does joy come from? I'm glad you asked. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And we're going to start reading in verse, with verse 5. John 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. If a branch remains in the vine, it will bear fruit. But if they are removed, they wither and they die. And Jesus wants us to know that if we stay connected to him, his joy will be in us, and our joy will be complete. Did you ever think of your joy as being incomplete or lacking something? If we try to find joy apart from Jesus, it will always be lacking. True joy does not come from within us. It comes from God through our relationship with Jesus. In order for our joy to be complete, we need Jesus to give us his joy. Did you notice what Jesus said in verse 5? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Why aren't we able to do anything apart from Jesus? It's because apart from Jesus, you and I are dead. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5 say, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at, now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. You and I were dead, and dead people can't do anything. Dead people have nothing to offer. Dead people can't undo their deadness. Before you and I gave our hearts to Christ, we were dead, spiritually dead. But, but we didn't stay dead. 
God made us alive. Does that get you excited? Does that bring joy to your heart? That should make you want, you and I want to jump up, sing and dance and shout. We were dead, but now we're alive. We were lost, but now we're found. We were enemies. Now we are sons and daughters. If we are connected to, if we are connected to Jesus, we will no longer be dead. He will give us life, and he will give us his joy. There are barriers to joy. Jesus is the source of our joy, but sometimes we put up barriers that make it difficult to find that joy. This goes along with what Pastor Matt was saying last week. The condition of your heart will determine how much joy you will experience. If your heart is hard, if your heart is hard joy will be hard to come by. If your heart is shallow, the level of joy you experience will be inconsistent. It might be really high, it might be really low. And if you're always looking for those mountaintop experiences, you might begin to think that that's the only place that you can find the joy of the Lord. If your heart is divided, you may fall victim to counterfeit joys. If you've allowed the weeds to grow in, your view of the real source of joy may get blocked. But if your heart is devoted to the Lord, then he will be able to fill it full of his joy. Bitterness is another barrier to joy. Bitterness is a response to hurts that happen to us. If we are hurt by someone and we don't deal with that hurt, Bitterness can set in. And you know that bitterness is taking hold when other people try to help you and you reject their help. Have you ever tried to help someone who's been hurt? And you maybe suggest that they maybe need to talk to that other person and work out the problem, and they snap back at you, Why? Why should I? They're the ones who hurt me. That's bitterness. This bitterness is taking hold of them, and it's a joy killer. Another barrier to joy is envy or coveting. Do you wish that you had what other people have? Are you struggling with being content? Are you trying to keep up with the Joneses? Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. If you're always focused on what you don't have, you'll never find joy in the things that you do have. If you struggle with this, take some time to thank God for all the things that you have. And by thanking God for all that you do have, you may begin to see that you are very, very blessed. And you just might discover that you have more than the Joneses. 
Another barrier to joy is division or quarreling. You might call it strife or fighting. When there is division in a family, joy is hard to have. When you're always fighting with each other, there's little room for joy. In a marriage, if you and your spouse fight with each other, there will be little room for joy. If you make a list of the things that your spouse has done wrong so that you can use them against them, you'll miss out on the joy that God has intended that relationship to be. When I was studying for this, I do word searches on different things, and I came across this proverb, talks about quarrelsome, and says, it is better to live on a corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. <laughs> and I just started to laugh about that. That brought me joy. There are other Proverbs that said the same thing. And sometimes when you're, you put in a word and it searches through the, the Bible the, for all the verses that have that word, and I put in quarrels, quarrels or quarrelsome, and, and that's what came across me. And I started to laugh and I started to giggle. And I thought, imagine coming to someone's house and seeing them on the corner of the roof. <laughs> so you go to Proverbs and look up those other verses about quarrelsome wives. God's Word can bring you joy, right? So if you ever come to my house and I'm on the corner of the roof, you'll know why. Nancy said, I told her that, Nancy said, maybe I'll buy you a couch and you can stick it up there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Now this is by no means an exhaustive list of the barriers to joy, and maybe you've got plenty more that you can add to it. And the first step of a follower of Jesus needs to take, is to remove any barriers, is to acknowledge that they're there. If you go on ignoring them, they're only going to prevent you from experiencing full joy that God wants for you. And this can be... Ah. This can be a humbling experience. But we can find joy in the fact that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. A follower of Jesus also understands that the joy of the Lord is something that is developed over time. And that brings me to my final point this morning. Turn with me to the book of James. James chapter 1. James begins his letter in a rather peculiar way. We'll start reading in verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you have ever thought of your trials as a joyful thing? The way we think about the difficulties that we face is key to developing joy in our lives. 
My son Eli was having a rather tough day recently. It seemed like everything was going wrong for him. Nothing was going right. And he said to me out of frustration, the whole world is against me. How many of you have ever felt like that? We've all had those days where nothing seemed to go right. Nothing seemed to go the way we planned it. And I'm sure that we too have lamented that the whole world was out to get us. But during our times of trial, James tells us to see the trial as a test of our faith. And the purpose of that test is to develop perseverance. And then as we persevere through the trial, we gain maturity. And with maturity comes joy. Because we can see how God is working in our lives. So when you're going through a trial, instead of crying out, woe is me, ask, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? What do you want me to learn? And don't avoid trials either. Don't place yourself in a bubble where your faith may never be tested. Because that can make your faith weak. And so that when you do experience a test or a trial, you may not be able to stand up under, under it. To make metal strong, you needs to be tested and tried and hammered. To make us strong, our faith strong, we need to be tested, tried, and hammered. And sometimes we go through trials because, it's the, because it, sometimes when we go through trials, it's the result of sin whether it's our sin or the sins others commit that have an impact on us. Imagine a dandelion. Many of you have tried to pull a dandelion, I'm sure. It seems like I'm always fighting a war with the dandelions in my yard. And if you try to grab a dandelion at the top and pull, chances are you're not going to be very successful at getting the root. If you want to get the root of a dandelion, you have to do some digging. And I don't know if you've ever found one that's really, really big. Sometimes they're in the corner somewhere and they, they pop up. And If you want to get that one, you have to do real, a real serious, some real serious digging because they could be 10 inches long, the root, and you can't just pull that out. They're stuck in there. You've got to really dig it out. Sin is a lot like a dandelion. If we let sin take hold of our life and we don't deal with it, the root can get very, very deep. And there might be trials that come our way because of it. And God will have to do some serious digging to get it out. And when he starts that digging, there might be pain. But through the pain, there can also be be joy. Joy in knowing that God is working in your life to make you like His Son. When we, we can have joy in knowing that when we do sin and we come to God in repentance, He will, He will forgive us. So how do you develop joy in your life? I want to suggest three ways. First, 
Determine the condition of the soil of your heart. If the soil of your heart is hard and you haven't turned your life over to Christ, then true and lasting joy will be hard to find. You may find happiness, but happiness and joy are not the same thing. And if that's you this morning, talk to me. Because I want to introduce you to the plow driver who can break up that hard ground. And only when we have a heart that is ready to receive the joy of the Lord will God be able to fill it to overflowing. And number two, remove the barriers that hinder the joy of the Lord. Spend some time examining your life to see if you have any barriers to joy. Be honest. Okay? Be honest with yourself. You're not going to be able to hide it from God. He knows it's there. Ask Him to show you what it is, what is keeping you from experiencing that full joy of the Lord. Psalm 139 verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And number three, start seeing God in the trials. Whenever you and I are going through trials, God can use them to mold us and shape us into the likeness of His Son. The process may have its ups and downs, but the end result is worth it. The God of the universe is taking time to make you into what he always intended you to be. Let me say that again. The God of the universe is taking the time to make you into what he's always intended you to be. Allow him to do it. Welcome the work he wants to do in you. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you are taking time to work in my life, to hammer and to chisel away the things that prevent me from experiencing your joy. Let me see those times. Let me see the hammer marks, the chisel marks as a joyful thing. Let me know that you are working on me, fashioning me to be just like your son, so that when I enter the gates of glory, I can praise you with a joyful heart, filled to overflowing. And Father, as we're, we go about our day, as we leave this place and we see people in the grocery store or the place, our places of work, let us shower them with the joy of the Lord. Thank you, Father. In your name, amen.